Welcome to Heavy Hitter Sports, the podcast focused on game-changing athletes and business leaders. I'm your host, Mark Hogesang. Today's guest is Suzanne McKenzie. She's the founder and CEO of AbleMade, a sustainable athleisure brand inspired by the sport of soccer. Suzanne's an award-winning designer and master collaborator. Perhaps most importantly, she runs the UCAL McKinsey Breakaway Foundation to help inner-city youth on and off the field of play and to honor her late husband, UCAL. In this episode, you'll hear about how Suzanne channeled her grief to empower young athletes and address community inequality. Suzanne talks about Able Maid's values-driven approach and focus on people, planet, and prosperity. We reminisce about her amazing husband, the importance of sport, and our mutual admiration for Mia Hamm and the U.S. women's soccer pioneers. If you love soccer, want to learn about design thinking, or what it takes to start and run your own successful business, this is the episode for you. Enjoy, sports fans. Suzanne, welcome. I am so happy to have you on the show, and thank you so much for freeing up your time. I know your schedule is just crazy busy right now. We're going to touch on a myriad of topics today, but since design is such a big part of your DNA, I wanted to get your thoughts on this quote to begin with, and it comes from Lorinda Mamo, who is a Canadian graphic designer and fellow entrepreneur who said, every great design begins with an even better story. What does that sentiment mean to you? I came up in the advertising world, so everything was so concept-driven. No detail in design existed without meaning behind it and a story behind it. Design is visual communication. So whether it's a color or a texture or a line of copy, the best avenue to tell that visual communication story is through the storytelling of it. So I think that definitely resonates with me throughout all of my work and, and certainly so as we build Able Made. I mean, Makes perfect sense. Now, let's start at the beginning. You grew up in a small town in Maine, an athlete, soccer, basketball, softball. Can you talk about the importance of sport to you as you were growing up? It was probably one of the most formative things I've ever done. And I'm so grateful to my parents for putting me into my first team sport when I was in first grade. And it was softball. And it was with a group of my girlfriends. We were coached by one of my best friend's parents. And it was such a great way to build those bonds with my friends and with our community. And so many life lessons that I learned on and off the field and the court that just sort of informed one another. And I didn't realize growing up as a child and doing those three sports that it would really impact my adulthood the way that it has. Sports has just changed my life. One of the other loves that you developed early on was that of design. Can you talk about when you first realized that you were really attracted to the world of design and how did that manifest as a young girl? I remember going by this big billboard when I was younger and I asked my mom, I'm like, how do they do that? How do they make that so big? And she said, computers and design. And I was like, wow, <laughs> it was such a basic thing. And a young mom, and just like seeing something so big and beautiful and innovative, I was just blown away. And I think that was maybe one of my first touch points in thinking that was something I was interested in. I always drew, I always loved art growing up. And when I went to college, I wanted to look and explore a double major. And I actually looked at and completed design and advertising. It was really great. But 
you know, that early touch and just being involved with design and art through my programs, but also seeing how it lived in the world was really impactful. And then after college, you do work for a advertising firm for a little shy of eight years, and that's Arnold Worldwide, with a litany of interesting clients that you worked with, ESPN and Timberland and Celebrity Cruises. Were there any key lessons or interesting stories that came from that experience that you wanted to share? I think the concept-driven mentality that I mentioned before was one of the top things I learned and I take into my work today, but also just aiming really high and just the quality of work and the expectations of yourself and the quality of the ideas that you put forth is something that I learned to hone in on when I worked at Arnold. And the group was just incredible. It was in their heyday. It's when they had the Volkswagen account as well. It attracted international talent and the bar was really high. And that's something that we hold true for AbleMade as we set out to do our first ever brand campaign. It's so exciting. And the team is just top notch that's executing upon it. And I'm so excited to take those values and that expectation into AbleMade today. There's a great quote from David Kelly, the founder of the design firm IDEO and who ran the design group at Stanford. And he said, failure sucks, but instructs. Was there a project somewhere in your career that went horribly awry? that still haunts you today? Too many to count. I think maybe the lesson for that with any project that's going, I call it going left, is really trying to figure out how to pivot, right? It's what can you do to turn it around or to make an edit? I remember at Celebrity Cruises, we would produce these huge catalogs for each of the destinations. And no matter how many people proofed that, whenever it printed, you would always find one thing that printed Mm -hmm. wrong. And it was the first thing your eye caught after it printed. It was never devastating era, but those are things that you work your best to avoid. But I think you can only learn from those mistakes and take those into the work moving forward and continue to improve. Let's transition a bit. As painful as it is, let's talk about that fateful day in May of 2009. What happens? I was actually preparing to go speak at AIGA conference on the West Coast. So That day, I was running around getting myself together to travel the next day. And my husband, Yukal, was playing one of his soccer games that he normally played on the weekend. And I got a call that he had collapsed on the field. I was, of course, panicked and trying to understand where the field was. I wasn't sure where he was playing that day. And I found out it was feel very close to where I lived and probably drove the fastest I've ever driven to get to the field and to get to him. And when I got to the field, I was expecting to see him sitting down on the bench and recovering. And that's not the scene that I approached at all. He was on the ground. The paramedics were attending to him and I couldn't even reach him. I collapsed myself. I was just so Mm. upset to see him in that state. And they finally got him into the ambulance. We drove over to the hospital. His teammates had made it over at that time. And the doctors came in and told us he didn't make it. And I just remember not even reacting. I went in one ear and out the other. And I just remember everybody around me just really devastated. And I just, I was in shock. Everything happened so fast. It was definitely the worst day of my life. And just, there aren't words to describe the loss. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry. And then you obviously have a difficult period of time after your husband's passing. Without getting too personal here, can you share a little bit about your journey and how that then comes out on the other side with the creation of Able Made and the foundation to honor your husband? Absolutely. So I say without any exaggeration that design saved my life. I was Mm. just really hard to get up in the morning and just to deal with the grief. And 
it's the first time I've ever experienced grief. I've been really fortunate. My family members and friends, close friends have never passed away early or I haven't had any devastation at that level to date. And I've never dealt with grief in the way that I had to deal with it. And it takes over your body. And I don't think that's something that really people talk about, but it, it feels like there's a physical weight on your chest and it, it really impacts your mental state and your body as well. I've wanted to do something to give myself some light in this community at large. UCAL was a first generation immigrant from Jamaica. He came over to the States when he was 16 and came into the USA through the sport and assimilated into the culture through the sport and he wanted to pay that forward. So he was beloved in the community as a local Boston area guidance counselor. He was the boys varsity coach and just a huge active member of the community for soccer and reaching out to city through the sport, taking kids that didn't have a ride to their games. And mm. he was just a huge figure. The Boston Globe was at my doorstep the next day to find out what happened. There was an energy in Boston for people who wanted to do something to help. And we started the UCAL McKenzie Breakaway Foundation and his honor and wanted to do something sports related. Of course, it would be soccer. And it was camps and activations throughout the year, especially in the summer, that would service boys and girls 8 to 18 and also incorporate a health education component with hands-only CPR and AED awareness based on our loss of UCAL, but also nutrition and concussion education was really important. Suicide prevention, we even do yoga, financial literacy, just skills that they can use on and off the field just to build a really well-rounded, health-focused curriculum. That's really how we started. I think that's wonderful taking that holistic approach and working with young kids because goodness mm -hmm. knows there are enough sports camps out there to refine <laughs> skills and the like. But this seems like it's got the heart front and center rather than the body. And then the CPR education is great. I actually, along with my son, just got CPR trained and certified. Mm -hmm. And I had always put it off thinking I was too busy. But then there comes a point where, boy, if you need it, you clearly need it at that moment yeah. in time. And, you know, your story about your husband makes me think there's a great quote from the writer Dean Koontz who says, Grief can destroy you or focus you. Mm. And after you started to recover from the horrible shock of this, it seems like it really did focus your energy and to some degree your entire life to honor your husband and to give back mm. and to use your business as a means of doing that, funding the charitable organization that is the Breakaway mm. Foundation. Kudos mm. to you on a life well led. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with the name for the company, Abelmade? Sure. So I work with an amazing copywriter at Arnold and she and I worked on several projects since we both left the agency. Her name's Lisa Taylor and she and I like went through so many options of names and if we love one, maybe sometimes that name would be taken already. But sure. we really had this concept that wanted it to be empowering and strong and inspirational. Able made it just really spoke to us regarding everybody from any background can be able to do whatever they put their mind into. And also with Able Made being an apparel and accessory brand, like the making is not only applying to putting your mind to something and making something, but also the way in which you do it. Again, that concept-driven kind of idea with the manufacturing, we're all domestically made and responsibly made if we offshore. So that making part in the values don't only apply to empowering yourself, but empowering others as well. We got to know each other through the investment world, myself working for Oregon Sports Angels and you, of course, being an entrepreneur. There is a Venn diagram in your presentation deck to potential investors that I love, and it suggests there's the intersection that your company is about, the intersection of people, planet, and prosperity, which I think is great, and it's 
total unique. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, triple bottom line is you know how we build our business. So not only profit driven, as we are a for profit that funds a nonprofit, we really feel like there are business models that are values driven that can help people plan it, and that we can all prosper together. And I think that's the new model. You can see it across the board that consumers want values-driven brands. And you can see that from every single consumer category, from cars to grocery stores to cosmetics and beauty. Like it's all shifting. People might be going from GM to Tesla or shopping instead of going to their local supermarket, going to the farmer's market. So it's just across the board. And I don't think companies can ignore that because consumers are making that change and they just have to make the adjustment. For us, we've always been very values-driven. Business model for us is just naturally what we wanted to do. I think you're right. And I think this trend towards purpose-driven companies started prior to the pandemic, but I think it was fueled in part by, sadly, COVID and wanting Mm -hmm. them to give back to local businesses that had their heart and their mind in the right place and consumers wanting to support those efforts. So clearly that's part of the success behind what you're doing here. And you're also a lifestyle brand. Can you talk about what that really means? And then if you've got beyond your own, a favorite lifestyle brand that you support. So healthy lifestyle really encompasses who our customer is. We've been fortunate to be out in the in the live, if you will, or in the market for a few years just to understand our customer. And we're really excited to to meet people and across board, not just for demographics, but it's really like a psychographics analysis that we do. And the people that are gravitating to our brand, they have a healthy lifestyle. They want to not only empower themselves with healthy food and exercise and mindfulness, but also empower others. So it's not just the clothes that you wear, but also your values. And people are wearing their values now and showing what they care about through their purchases. And I think that's so incredible. And one of my favorite things is meeting and talking to customers, whether it's at a pop-up or at our new store. It's been amazing. And just to see where people's mindset is through COVID. And now that we're hopefully coming out of everything as a community out of the pandemic, it really applies to every facet of life. Giving back to other people or organizations is critically important to you and your business. Where does that spirit of generosity stem from? My parents, first and foremost, they really instilled in me gratitude and working hard, a very strong work ethic. My sister also, my oldest sister, She's vegan. She's very mindful about everything she does. And I've learned a lot through how she lives her life. And she's Mm. been really instrumental in helping me think through things and how I want to approach my own work. So those probably have been the most impactful to me. And to answer your other question too, Patagonia is one of my favorite Mm. brands. I think they're like the OG of (laughs) value-driven brands and they really put their money where their mouth is with your founder, like giving away its company. And it's really... It's so incredibly inspiring. It's not like you're seeing so many brands now marketing values, but not really walking the talk. And them to me, they're just such a strong example of actually taking action. I think back early on in my career, I actually applied to Patagonia and was turned down, but it was an opportunity in Europe. There are a few opportunities that pass your way and you're like, oh darn, what would have happened if? Yeah, (laughs) but they were in the forefront of just doing things that we think are simple now, like having daycare on site. But Schuenard was such an innovator and giving back only to his community, but also to the employee base that he was leading. And he was so unique in the sense that it wasn't all about profit. 
profits, right? It was right. a grander vision. And boy, in corporate America today, to do that is so unique. It's so different. Mm -hmm. So that's a really interesting example. Now, speaking of doing things early on, you were doing collabs before collabs were even cool. Um, <laughs> Are there one or two that really stand out in your mind? You've had so many interesting ones, but what comes to mind when you think about collaborations? I think partnerships, especially as an emerging brand, are so important. And just really in anything you do, like the foundation was really based on collaboration and I couldn't have done it myself. We worked with Nike actually at the very beginning of the foundation and we did a little capsule and they allowed me to sell it to fund the foundation. And then also I, as a designer myself, I designed a poster calendar, had the likes of Alan Dye from Apple, IDEO, who you mentioned earlier, Pentagram, all these huge names in the art world contributed original art pieces. And those went into a poster calendar that ended up selling at the Museum of Modern Art, the Institute of Contemporary Art, and a lot of really highly selective retailers. And through the success of those products and helping from the foundation is really where the idea for Ablemade was born. I cold called Anna Wintour at Vogue and got a meeting, not with her, but with wow. her senior market editor, told them about the project and wanted to know if they could hook me up with a designer or a brand that could do a t-shirt for us. And they introduced me to Ragged Bone. They're British. They love football. And in that meeting with Ragged Bone, I was like, why am I pitching them to do something I care so deeply about when they might care about soccer, but want to save the Dolphins? or something completely different. And literally in that meeting is where the idea for Able May was born. And I started introducing this idea of collaborations to Puma, Project Runway winners, Swell Bottle, again, Alan Dye from Apple, and everybody just started jumping in. And that's really how we launched Able May at the tail end of 2013 on these limited edition collabs. You just referenced it pertinent to the story with Anna Wintour. One of your mantras is don't be afraid to ask. Why do you mm -hmm. think it's so hard for so many of us to just do that? I don't know. I've always been really like jump and then figure it out on the way down. So that's just part of my personality. And I get surprised actually when I hear that people are afraid or are afraid to take a risk because it's just so not the personality type that I am. And I think it's on the sheer idea of volume that people don't do it enough that we've had so much success with it, to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't think many people cold call Anna Wintour. Maybe they will now. So <laughs> who knows? But I think if you just go in with confidence and you go in with a very tight story and pitch and you know who you're talking to, you've done your research and you know how to speak to them about what they value, you have to be practiced and confident. But you would be surprised at how many yeses you're going to get if you take that approach and just take the step of asking in the first place. Because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah, exactly. You've asked Puma, and they mm -hmm. are a sponsor of the foundation. And you had a really interesting guest coach of Void. Can you talk about Christine Lilly and her impact on the kids that she touched through your camp, through your foundation? We've been doing the camp in Boston for 13 years and in Hartford for six. And her session was probably one of my favorites that we've ever done. The way that the kids and she connected was just so powerful to see. I love looking back at the video footage and the photos because the kids are just so lit up. She was just so great. And she has her own camps with Mia Ham. She just brings a certain energy and expertise and inspiration to the kids. It was so well done. It's interesting. My whole life has been consumed with sports and by virtue of working in the industry, I've met a lot of athletes, but no more consistently good people come out of the U.S. women's national team. Oh, yeah. They are so interested in giving back to the soccer community and beyond. I had the pleasure of meeting Shannon Box recently at an Oregon Sports Angels event, and what an amazing person. 
But it seems like every single one of the OGs on that U.S. national team are just like that. It's great. Yes, I agree. And Christine and I have connected about Tony DeChico, who was their coach for that 99 team. And I actually went to his soccer camps when I was young because I was a goalkeeper and knew him on a personal level. Plus, he became a board member of my foundation before we lost him to cancer. We were just talking about him and the community that he built through the team and a beautiful person as well. So I think some of the best people I've ever met throughout my entire life have been involved with sports. And that women's team, I think, are just so top-notch and were so inspiring to me when I was younger too. And I'm just so privileged to know Christine and some of the other members as well. One of the things I think about as you were talking about that is how important a coach can be to a young Mm. boy or a young girl, especially as it relates to building confidence. And back to David Kelly at IDO, he talks about that notion of confidence. Somewhere along the line that gets beaten out of us, we just get worn down, right, by the negativity around us and being told that we're not good enough or we can't accomplish something. But clearly that's not prevented you from starting your own business, starting your own foundation. Let's talk a little more about that foundation. What's been the greatest joy for you personally associated with running the Breakaway Foundation? I still go to all the camps. So I am there every day. I help check the kids in and out. I watch them play and I talk to the parents. I get to know the families and it's nice to welcome welcome the same kids year over year, or to meet a child who's getting introduced to the sport for the first time, perhaps, and actually see them come back year over year. One of my favorite stories is a a player, his name's Ori, and we've had him, we were one of the first organizations he played soccer with. And now he's actually coaching with us. And also he's going to my my college where both UCAL and I Mm. went and he He's playing on their soccer team. So it's just so full circle. And just to see him progress through the sport and now play in at a college level is just so powerful. And those lessons that the kids are learning on and off the field and actually bringing home and educating their families with the hands-only CPR and mm-hmm. some of the health education that we've mentioned before, but to see that education go beyond the field and into the families and incorporate themselves into the community is really powerful. So let's talk about AbleMade now in the day-to-day because the business is humming and you Mm -hmm. are just consumed with all sorts of interesting things going on. So you just soft launched a store. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about how that's going? It's going fabulous. I'm actually sitting in the store right now (laughs) and we have officially opened, I'm calling it a soft launch just because there's a few more things we're doing to the interior. We are in a premium shopping center called West Farms in West Hartford, Connecticut. And we are their second ever Emerge brand. So Tubman Properties identified us as a brand that's going to be doing big things. So we're actually featured right in their center court, which is like, their most like amazing spot. We're near Tory Birch, Louis Vuitton, Tiffany's, Peloton. It's such a premier location placement for us. And we're so grateful to have that trust and belief from such a great property owner. And we're getting a great response from the community so far. We're having a party for our like official opening on October 1st. You might have to fly out for that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're so excited. It's like our first ever store. We've been doing pop-ups. We've got a great partnership with the luxury sustainable hotel called One Hotels. But we've always done like jump in and jump out kind of pop-ups, which have been amazing and we'll continue to do them. And it's just also awesome to have a complimentary store. That's our very own. What a great idea from Tubman. 
to feature emerging brands because I think I've been connected to the mall world forever. In fact, my first job at The Gap way back when Mm -hmm. was basically planning inventory levels. But because The Gap had just picked up Mickey Drexler as the new president, the company was going through a tremendous transformation. So we had to look at the numbers, but then subjectively ascertain who was going to benefit by the change and who might suffer from a sales standpoint. So I've probably been to 300 malls throughout the country and some are amazing, some are not, as you well know, but that's great to be featured in the way that you are. You also have a collab coming up with Burberry, correct? Correct. We're so excited. So they are donating fabrics to AbleMade and we're going to incorporate them into upcoming collections. So that's been over a year in the works. They're one of the best heritage luxury brands for fashion. To have their belief in us as an emerging brand as well, and to trust us with the use of their fabrics is just incredible and speaks to what they think about our ethics and responsibility and design Mm -hmm. aesthetics. We're so excited. Your distribution strategy is so interesting because obviously a lot of the business comes through your own website, but then you also have a program that's launching with Nordstrom's pretty soon, correct? That's right. On October 1st, we are going to be starting our partnership with Nordstrom and anybody can shop it because we're starting on .com first with the possibility of in-store. So we're very excited and it's going to introduce us to a whole other group of customers. And we're so excited. The team there is just top-notch and we're so grateful to partner with them. Very exciting. Now you have a really ambitious mission as a company, and it's to build a fashion brand designed to uplift and inspire our next generation of leaders. And as we talked about before we started recording, you have a new brand marketing campaign that you're working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's the first time we've ever done a brand campaign. And it's ironic because I grew up in the advertising world. We've just been scrappy and growing the business. And a lot of it's been self-funded. We started only with 75K of outside angel money in 2013. And that grew to 120,000. And we've actually launched our first ever like real official capital raise. We've always focused on the diligence of product first. And I think that's benefiting us now. So like we've always only used the highest quality fabrics. We've only used the most responsible manufacturing factory partners. So that takes a lot of money. And especially as a startup to spend that diligence and that money on the product first to make sure the quality and the integrity is there, but then have no money and no budget for marketing. (laughs) It's been really (laughs) challenging. And this is really the first time that we're like, okay, we have the story to tell. We just launched our first ready-to-wear apparel line. Like We have to talk about it. And also we spent a lot of time refocusing the brand. So we're stepping away a bit from these collaborations and really doing our own storytelling as our own Mm. brand. And we're also stepped away from funding other organizations. At the beginning, we we funded over $30,000 for VH1 Save the Music Foundation through a collaboration. We did a partnership with Pencils of Promise and funded over 120 kids going to school for a full year. So it was something that launched the brand, but refocusing and telling our own story and putting our own flag in the sand about our own perspective on design and how we perceive our own design for apparel has been really important and important pivot. And also the soccer infusion, like we were born to fund a soccer foundation and it's based upon my husband as a soccer mentor player and his journey from Jamaica to the USA. So that story is so important to our, our heritage and that and the colors we've chosen, our new soccer inspired heart, soccer heart. And the monogram we have is actually like a deconstructed soccer ball shape. It's again, a very high concept, but 
we're starting to really like have our own point of view. And it's so exciting to see customers responding to that. That's great. It sounds like your business is evolving to, I wouldn't say a higher level, but in essence, you're right. You need funds in order to support it, both from a brand standpoint, buying inventory and the like. And if I'm correct, you're in the middle of a raise for a little over a million dollars right now. And mm-hmm. it's trending really positively. Can you talk about some of the challenges associated with going out to raise funds in a tough business climate like we face today? Absolutely. I actually have the ambition to become an investor one day just based upon my position on the other side of the table. I think my perspective and what I've heard from my colleagues and other people raising has been really impactful to me. And I want to one day be on the other side of the table to help other entrepreneurs who Mm. are in the position I am today. But we are already half subscribed for our $1.2 million raise. We're so excited. A lot of the traction we're getting is through very business savvy sports folks. So that fashion world values aligned fashion folks as well are responding to the round. A lot of the people giving us the capital are people I've worked with before. So they see that I've been able to execute at a very high level with very little funding and they believe in where I could take the brand. And that is so powerful to me and gives me so much confidence and just warms my heart. And I won't say that it's not challenging because it is. I have to spend a lot of my time outreaching to new people to develop relationships when that takes me away from building a business. So as every entrepreneur knows, (laughs) raising capital is like another full-time job. Hopefully building relationships that will then lead to them introducing us to their communities and building up our reputation and story so that people will also like gravitate to us for the opportunity to take part in what we're trying to achieve as a team and as a brand. Great job. Let's switch gears just a little bit. Design's been so important to you. Can you talk about design thinking and how you implement that mindset on a daily basis? Because for those of us not connected to design directly, it's a bit of a foreign concept. So I've actually had the extreme pleasure and opportunity to work with IDEO directly before. I've worked with their Cambridge and New York offices in the past. And actually at the very beginning of AbleMade, worked with their New York team and drafting out what we were going to become. Their mantra really is design thinking. And that means my interpretation of that is design or the customer journey is like any touch point of the brand. For a store example, like whether you're walking into a store and the smell of the store, the temperature mm-hmm. of the store, the music they're playing, the colors, how they merchandise everything, every single sensory, something that is communicated, whether it's nonverbal or visual. So for me, that's what's such a good framework for how I execute the brand because it's really like super consumer journey driven we strive to really hit every detail and every touch point of the consumer journey with us, whether they're a new customer or returning one, we're just trying to make it the best experience ever. But design thinking really to me is like everything that you touch, feel, or interact with a company or brand is really customer journey, but also brand experience and design thinking. I know with IDEO, then it broached into working beyond just hard products and retail environments into working with school systems and a multitude of other elements within society that could benefit by a redesign to create a better experience. Absolutely. So let's end with a lightning round of questions. Where is your favorite place in the world? Um, Probably my parents' house because they love to cook and I love to eat. (laughs) Well, mom and dad are going to love that response. (laughs) And I love their company too. What's your favorite time of day? That's a really good one. I think noontime because I'm awake. I've gotten through a lot of my lists from the morning and it's my little break time. 
Now, because you are so busy, what do you do for a rest and recovery? I like to run and I have to admit I've fallen off of the past month and a half. I've been really bad at my exercise uh, regimen. So I've got to get back on that horn real quick because it helps me relax. It helps me relieve stress and just get outside. Or even if I'm inside, that's okay. But I love yoga. I love running. If you could go for an hour run with somebody, whether it's a celebrity or an athlete, who would you choose? Ooh, I would say Mia Hamm. I think she's incredible. She would probably blow my doors off. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to talk with her. And I think she's such a pioneer and such a great athlete. She's awesome. That's an amazing choice. She actually is my favorite of all time because oh. as you alluded to what she did to not just change the game of soccer, but to clue all of us into not just that sport, but the power of female athletes. And she was mm-hmm. such a game changer totally. and so captivating and so modest as well. Crazy impactful. Now, if you could switch places with anyone in the world just for one day, who would you choose? Ooh, that's a really good one. Maybe my sister, because mm. she, I don't know, she's incredible. She has her own garden. She does such farm to table. She was like one of the first ever vegans. She's been a vegan for like over 30 years. Like mm. she's, I don't know, she's just awesome. I would want to be her. Favorite rainy day film? Ooh. I watch Lord of the Rings like over and over mm. again. So I love it. I actually watched it again last night for a little bit because they're really long. I don't know. I love the fantasy. I love watching movies that take me out of my space. So oh. I don't love to watch design stuff. I like to go like fantasy or like another world kind of yeah. movies. Get transported somewhere else. What was the first concert you attended live? New Kids on the Block in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Joey McIntyre. <laughs> That's great. Last question. If you could instantly solve one of the world's biggest problems, what would it be? I think we're trying to do it with Able Made and the Breakaway Foundation. I think there's a lot of inequality in our communities and city youth empowerment is one of the biggest goals that we have for both organizations. And everyone's capable. It's just getting them set up for the opportunity to think that they are and put them in situations where they can thrive. That's one one of my biggest lifetime goals. Suzanne, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And as a small thank you, my wife and I would like to donate $250 to your foundation. And um, hopefully that'll be matched by her employer, Intel. And I will be sure in the show notes for this show to link to the foundation, to ablemade.com. And then we haven't talked about it, but you've got your own podcast going as well. So link that. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. And thank you so much for that donation. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Suzanne's compelling story of resilience. She's created a successful business and an amazing youth foundation by channeling her own strength and creativity, as well as her husband's incredible spirit. If you know someone who's facing a really difficult challenge, this might be a good episode to share. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. That really helps. I'll leave you now with one of Yukal McKenzie's favorite songs. It's from the reggae artist Buju Banton. The song poignantly depicts the struggles faced by the Jamaican working class. Until next time, sports fans. While I'm living, thanks I'll be giving the most I know. I'm a living
while I'm living to the Father, I will pray. Only Him know how we get through every day. Only I give the price, I'm a leg we have to pay. While our leaders play, all I see people are ripping a rap, all a grime. Thief never love is the thief with long bag. No love for the people who are suffering bad. Another toll to the poor, may God help us all. What is to stop the youth from getting out of control? Full of our education, you know, on a payroll. The clothes from the back of countless high school. I will pray, only him know how we get through Every day with only I give the price I'm a late, we have to pay While our leaders play We say who can afford to run, will run But what about those who can't? They will have to stay Opportunity has scarce, scarce commodity In this time I say and send you go class Never you ever play It's a competitive world for low budget people Spending the time while earning a nickel With no regard to who it may tickle My cup is full to the brim I could go on and on The fool has never been told To this life he gets me down Don't give up now Got to survive Some way, some up I could go on and on The full of life I've been told I'm a living while I'm living To the Father I will pray Only him know how we get through Every day with only I In the price I'm a leg we have to pay While our leaders play All I see People are ripping no rap, all a grime. Thief never love is the thief with long bag. No love for the people who was suffering bad. Another toll to the poor, may God help his soul. What is to stop the youth from getting out of control? Full up of education, get no own a payroll. Be close by your back, have countless eyes old. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. I'm a while I'm living to the Father, I will pray. Only Him know how we get through every day. Only I give the price. I'm a leg we have to pay. While our leaders play, we say who can afford to run will run. But what about those who can? They will have to stay. Opportunity has here scarce commodity. In this time, I say you. And send you the class Never you ever play It's a competitive world For low-budget people Spending the time While earning a nickel With no record For who it may tickle My cup is full to the brim I could go on and on The fool has never been told Could go on and on The fool has never been told Could go Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool has never been told. Could go on and on, the fool
Your foot has never been told.